Amen. Quickly, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Luke, the 19th chapter. Luke, the 19th chapter. Amen. God has, God is always with us. Every time we gather, we just have to acknowledge him. I believe we've acknowledged him today. I pray that we will continue to acknowledge his presence here through the word of God, and that this word would fall on good ground. Some people today have exercised this word already before it's even been spoken, and my, my faith is that we would continue to exercise it this week, and that maybe today, if you have not exercised it, that by the end of this service, you will exercise what the word is going to say to us today. Luke, the 19th chapter. What's happening here, just a little context, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the Jewish Passover. And this is just days, someone say days, before his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So this, some, some big things are happening right now. And on his way, it tells us in verse 1, that Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, now, I want us to do something. I've done this before when I've preached on Zacchaeus. I'm going to say Zacchaeus, and I want you to say us. Can you do that with me? Let's practice one time. Zacchaeus. Let's do it one more time. Zacchaeus. All right. So when we read the word, I just, I'm going to just say part of it, and I need your help. So behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, or the tax collectors, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And he could not for the press because he was little of stature. And it says that he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. Can you believe they said that? And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen? Amen. I had you say, Zacchaeus. Because as you'll see in this word, we are a lot like this man, Zacchaeus, in a lot of ways. And I'm praying that the word of God would be revealed today. Amen. And I just want to ask these questions. How many would like God to be more visible in your life? Can you raise your hand today? How many would like him to be more visible in your home, in your family? Anyone today? Anyone that would like him to be more visible in your finances? Anybody? Amen. How many would like a greater expression of his touch in your body? Amen. We've seen today the faith of those that come before and believe that God can touch. And I'm believing that there's going to be a greater expression of Jesus in bodies today in the physical nature of man. And I'm here to preach on this, that all you need to do to have a greater, a greater uh, 
expression of Jesus and, and for him to be more visible in your life is for you to get in the path of God. So today I'm going to be talking about getting in God's path. In Jesus' name, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for what you've done today in this place. What I believe has already been a transformational Sunday in people's lives. And I believe that you are not finished yet what you are doing, but you have transformation in store for someone who will just place their life in your hands, place their lives on the potter's wheel today, and, and would allow you to have full control of their life. I pray, Jesus, that your will would be done here as it is in heaven and someone would leave changed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Will you say amen today? Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Today is a special day. Today is actually the beginning of our, of our youth week. Uh, whether you knew it or not, you are in youth service on this Sunday morning. Uh, Hannah, if you have the captivated logo. Would you put that up on the screen just for a moment? Was it back there? I think I saw it in the pre-service announcements. Uh, this week we are beginning our youth week. Uh, tonight we have uh, prayer and then throughout the week there's different events uh, on this theme of captivated and being, what that means is being captivated by Jesus Christ because we live in an age, in an age that, that compartmentalizes Jesus, don't we? In an age that uh, puts Jesus in a box. One that says that church is kind of as equal importance to, to all the other events and things of life, the different activities. Uh, church is just one of the few things. It's one of the many things, one of the many, 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 many things that we make a part of our life. And so on this, this week, on this Sunday, I'm just hoping and praying that that Jesus, once again, for us, even within the church, would become number one in our lives. That we'd put Jesus back on the throne where he should be. That our recreation, that our jobs, that all of those things that sometimes we elevate on the throne would be dethroned. And that Jesus would be placed back on the throne of our lives. And so this week, we're going to be praying and believing uh, that we would leave captivated by Jesus. It's important that he is what we consume more than anything else. That in our lives that we pray without ceasing. That we live a life that, that is centered around the word of God. That is completely molded around the truth and the identity that God is calling us to. That we are completely centered on this one named Jesus Christ who completely, completely has changed my life, I know. And I know many others in the room today that we live our life captivated by Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. And so you today, whether you're a youth or not, you have joined us for this youth week on this Sunday morning. And so this message is not just for our young people. It is for all of us. Because all of us, I believe, need to, once again, discover the wonder that is in Jesus Christ. Discover the glory, once again, that is in Jesus Christ. Remember who he is and what he has to offer. I think it would be good if we lived with that awareness all the time of who he was. Amen? Amen. 
But who knows that life, life is made up of many opportunities, isn't it? Life is made up of many opportunities, different roads that you and I can go down, different paths that we can travel on. Robert Frost wrote that very, those very famous words when he said that two roads, they diverged into a yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both. I believe that for every one of us that there is a God-ordained path for us to walk down. There is a God-ordained life for us to live. A life that gives glory and honor to God. One that God has created you for and destined you to travel down. I believe that for each and every one of us, your best life is lived in the hands of God. I just choose to believe that. I, I don't know about you. I choose to believe that living in his will, living, fulfilling his purpose is the greatest thing I could ever do in my life. That living according to the word of God, a living according to his plan for my life, that one which he designed me for, the one he created me for, the one that he placed me on this earth in this time for, I choose to believe that that is the greatest life that I could ever live. And while there is a God that designed a path for each one of us, God has also given us the free will to choose if we will walk down that road or not. He has allowed us to make the choice of the pathways, the roads that we will walk down. None of us are forced to live for God. Young people, you're not forced to live for God. There's comes a, Now, when I was three or four, maybe I was forced to be, to, to be in church. But there comes an age of accountability where you choose how you will live. God allows us to make that choice for ourselves. All of us are able to make those choices, the way we live, the way that we organize our lives, the way that we decide to live. It's all placed in our hands. With that said, I love what John Wooden, the legendary Basketball, basketball coach said, he said, there's a choice you have to make in everything you do. So keep in mind that in the end, that the choice that you make, it makes you. The choices I make, they make me. The choices you make, they make you. We have the freedom to make a choice. The moment we make a choice, though, it determines what is going to happen to us. It was the late Pastor Charles Stanley that said, one of Satan's most deceptive and powerful ways of defeating us is to get us to believe a lie. And the biggest lie is that there is no consequence to our own doing. Zacchaeus, in our story, it tells us in verse 9 that he was a son of Abraham. He was a son of Abraham, but he went down the wrong path. Some, at some point in his life, at some crossroads, he chose to walk down a road that moved him away from who he really was. He got away from what he was taught, got away from how he was raised, and he chose 
to betray his own people. He forsook who he was. He was a son of Abraham, but he became the chief among the publicans, a tax collector. Now, you have to understand what's happening. The, the Jews, there under Roman oppression at this time, and Zacchaeus is a Roman tax collector. He is a Jew working for the oppressor. He is a Jew working for the Romans. He is collecting money from his own people to go to those that are oppressing his brothers and sisters. Zacchaeus was the instrument from which the Jewish people's money was being taken. It's safe to say that Zacchaeus was not well-liked. It's safe to say that Zacchaeus was considered a traitor. Zacchaeus had a lot of people that did not like his choices because they brought them pain. How many knows that people make choices sometimes that bring us pain? People make choices sometimes that we, we had nothing to do with, but they, those choices made us subjective to the curse of pain and death and sin. And, and, and Zacchaeus' choices caused pain and grief to many people. It tells us that he was not just an ordinary publican, not just an ordinary tax collector, but he was the chief. Amongst them. And it also tells us that he was rich. He was important. He had power. He had influence. He had affluence. He had prestige. He was connected to Rome. You could say Zacchaeus was a big guy. He had a big name. People knew who Zacchaeus was. He was important. But listen to the dichotomy of the text. While he was in a high place, it says he was also of little stature. On one hand, it's telling us how big he is. While on the other hand, telling us how small he is. Now, he was short in height, yes. But also, there was a greater smallness that was on the inside of the man. Because Zacchaeus didn't have it all together. Zacchaeus is like all of us. Zacchaeus is a man that, that didn't have it. Didn't have everything all in place. He had a lot of things on the outside in place. But on the inside, there was something missing. Zacchaeus was like all of us because none of us have it all together. Right. I know I'm wearing a, a sports jacket today, but I, I don't have it all together. My hair's kind of combed today. But I don't have it all together. And if you're in here today believing that everyone else in here has it all together except me, I'm... I'm going to burst your bubble. No one here has it all together. No one's family is picture perfect. 
No one's life is just the model life that we should all look to. No one amongst us has it all together. None of us are all pluses and no minuses. All of us have areas of our life that feel small. All of us have areas of our life that we wish were better. All of us have areas of our lives that we wish that we would just do better. I would do good, but evil is present with me. I, I, I look good in public, but if people really knew what was going on on the inside. I, I danced the dance on Sunday, but on Saturday, my life, my life is not what others think it is. I, all of us in some way or some capacity have a sense of smallness to us. I, I'm great on the job, but in the home, I'm less than. All of us have smallness about us. All of us can relate to this, this smallness that Zacchaeus had. We have those shortcomings. shortcomings and, and it comes down to this, that all of us need Jesus. What do you do when you feel small, is the question. What do you do when you know you don't have it all together? What do you do when you know that there's problems in the home? What do you do when you know that you're a deadbeat dad? What do you know when you know you're a deadbeat son? What do you know when you are not measuring up to the way you should be living? What do you do? And I think that God would look at all of us, if we could see him in the flesh, if in the midst of us, in those moments where we are well aware of our smallness, God would just like to come up to each and every one of us and put his arms around us. And let us not run away from our smallness, but embrace our smallness. Because when we embrace our smallness, we embrace the fact that we need Him. Our smallness should drive us into the hands and the arms of a loving God. And the worst thing you can do when you feel small is to compensate for your smallness, to put a mask over your smallness. And we've all done it. We've all done it because it's a lot easier to display a sense of tallness rather than to embrace our smallness. I know I'm short. What do I do? I know that I don't have it all together. What do I do? I know that I have made mistakes. What do I do? Do we mask our smallness? Do we put stilts on and, and, and put a back brace on and try and put our shoulders back and stand tall and say, I'm still good? Or do we run to the arms of a loving God who is there ready to embrace us? Do we run into the arms of our church family who loves us? And is there for us. What do we do when we feel small? Our shortcomings, they should drive us 
and direct us into the hands of a loving God, into the grace of God. For his strength is made perfect in my, in my weakness. For his grace, it's sufficient. It's sufficient for all of us. And when we acknowledge our smallness, we acknowledge that we need Jesus. Zacchaeus' smallness, it propelled him to God's path. Zacchaeus' smallness propelled him into the place where he would receive everything he needed. It was not his wealth. It was not his power. It was what he didn't have that caused him to say, I need to see Jesus. It was what he did not have that said, I've got to run to a place where I can see this man that is coming down the road. It was his smallness that said, I, I have lack, but I believe that there's someone who can meet my need. I know I'm not perfect. I know that there's something inside of me that isn't quite right. It, it drove him to that place that said, I need Jesus. I need him. I, I can tell you, I, I'm here today at this church service, not just because I love him, although I love him. I'm not here just because I know he's good, even though I know he's good. I'm here today because I came needing Jesus. I came today because I need Jesus. I, I, I don't pray just to fill time in my, my schedule. I don't, I don't pray just to say I pray. I pray because I need to talk to Jesus. I read the word of God not just to mark it, mark off that box that's on the bread chart. Not just to say I read the, the word of God. I read the word of God because I need him. And when I read the word of God, it just fills me with him. Because he is his word. He is life. He is everything I need. And, and I live and I hope we live as people not under a disposition, disposition that he is optional, but under a disposition that we desperately desire and need him. I need him in my home. I need him in my house. I need him to fill up the space that, that in the past I've let other things fill up. I need Jesus to take the, the, the leading role in my home. I need him in my family because... There's people in my family that need Jesus. I need him in my finances because it's not all perfect. But I, I believe that God can, can heal what maybe, maybe I've destructed. That's why I need him. I need him at my job because, because if I'm just by myself doing my own thing, I'm not accomplishing his will. That's why I need Jesus because every day I see people that need him. And so I need him. I need Jesus every day when I wake up, when I go to bed at night. I need him. Amen. I used to sing, I need thee, Lord, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. I need him more than every hour, folks. I need him every minute. I need him every second. I need Jesus in my life all the time. It's not an optional thing. It's not just something that I wish I had. I need him. And if we lived with this desire, if we lived with this hunger that we talked about last week, that we need Jesus, I'm here to tell you that he is faithful and he will be right there at the place of your need. 
We have a faithful God. We have a faithful God. When we stop needing him is when we stop chasing him. When we stop needing him, that's when we stop reading our word. That's when we stop praying. It's in those moments when in the midnight hour that we cry out to God. Why? Because there's a desperation there. What if we lived with that desperation all the time? What if we lived with the desperation that said, I, I, God, you have been so good to me. God, you have poured out your blessing on me all the time. But Lord, I know that there are so much more riches that you have for me. God, I still need you. God, I still want you. God, I still need you. God, I, I, I'm not satisfied unless today I meet with you. Unless today I, I, I commune with you. God, I, I, you're not just an optional thing that I see twice a week, God. I need you today. If we lived that way, it would change our life. It would change this city. It would change this church. If we lived with a passion and desire inside of us that, and a hunger that said, God, I need you. I need you. That need is what drives us to the path of God for our life. It's that need that drives us to step into his will for our lives. Zacchaeus, in our story, he finds out that Jesus is coming. I don't know if he heard. I don't know how he found out, but he heard. And he knew that he had to get in God's path. If Jesus is coming down the road, I have to position myself. I have to position myself where I can see Jesus and where Jesus can see me. This is worth preaching because we live in a world today that tries to get God to our path. We live in a narcissistic age that tries to manipulate God to fit our path. We we pray prayers like, bless my agenda. Bless my life. Bless, Bless what I'm trying to do. Bless what I want to do. We have preachers that... That, that pray, bless my sermon, God. I'll do all this, and then you just come in and, and bless it. Yeah. We, we live in an age, and, and, and unfortunately, it it's came into the church that, that wants to do all the work and then ask for God to, to put his stamp of approval on it. We live lives that, that just doing our own thing, walking down our own paths and say, God, come, come and bless it. I'm going to work a job that takes me away from the church. God bless that job. I'm going to spend all my money on all kinds of other things, but Lord, bless my finances. I'm not going to tithe. I'm not going to give my offerings to the Lord, but God, I, I pour out your blessing over me. I, I'm going to spend all my time watching all kinds of different things on the internet. I'm, I'm going to allow anything to come into my home. But God, bless my family. Bless my life. I, I'm going I'm to involve my kids in all kinds of activities that take them away from the church. But God, keep them safe. God, keep them. We live in an age that wants God to bless our will. 
But I'm here to tell you, we don't need God to come in to our will. We need to get on the path of his will for our life. We need to get on the path of his will for our family. We need to get on the path for his will in our church. We need to get in God's path. God made you for his glory. He was not made for our glory. We were made and created to give glory and honor to God. And I'm here to ask someone, do you know that God has a path for you? Do you know that God has a plan for you? And I truly believe that for you to be completely, fully, ultimately fulfilled in your life, the only way to do it is to live your life in God's path. To live your life in God's will. To live your life according to why he created you. To live your life in God's path. You have to be able. You have to be able to be in the path of God. And I'm here also to remind someone that God's path is not light years away. God's path is not some fairy tale down Passed down through the ages, you can live in God's path today. You can live in God's will today. You are not that far away. Zacchaeus is what seemed like a long way off, but Zacchaeus ran and he got in a tree because he knew that his path, God's path, was right there. But what it took is him deciding that he was not going to be satisfied anymore living his own way. He was not going to be satisfied cheating other people out of finances. He was going to get himself out of his self and into God's path. God's path's not far away from you. God's path is available right there for you. And when you read the New Testament, most of the people that Receive their miracle in the Gospels. Receive their miracle because they got in God's path. The woman with the issue of blood, if she was one street over, if she was one block down the road, she would have bled to death. But she got in God's path. She stepped in the path of God. She stepped to a place where she could reach Jesus, and Jesus changed her life. Blind Bartimaeus would have died a blind beggar if he was one street down. But he was right in the pathway of God. And God came by and God healed the man and changed his story. There would have been ten lepers that would have been dead if they wouldn't have got in God's path. But they got in God's path and God changed their life. I'm here to tell someone, don't sit back. Don't stay back. Someone get in God's path. If you have a need in your life, get in God's path today. Zacchaeus is a story and model of grace and repentance to all of us because he sought to see Jesus. He knew that he needed Jesus. You see, Zacchaeus is shady. He's a crook. He had been tweaking. I told you I'd get it in there sometime. If you're over the age of 25, you don't know what that means. 
He was a manipulator, though. He cheated out his brothers and sisters. Remember, this son of Abraham that walked a different road down his own path. He was not a good person. But he was looking for Jesus. You're never too far gone where you cannot find Jesus. If you are looking for Jesus, you can find him today. If you're looking for Jesus, he is not far away. Jesus is here. And if you're looking for him, you can find him. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far away you are living from what you know you should do. Jesus is available to you. It doesn't matter if you messed up this week. It doesn't matter if you messed up today. Jesus is available to you. It doesn't matter if you've got a history of failure. It doesn't matter if you created a habit and created something in your life that just is a stumbling block and you've allowed something to come into your life that keeps on tearing you down. You can find Jesus today. You can get in his path because Jesus will meet you at your point of need. So Zacchaeus, he ran to see him, and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see, to see, to see, to see. This small man did what he had to do to see Jesus because he knew he had to see Jesus. He, he, he wasn't just a casual onlooker that said, I will, if, if the crowd's not too big, I'll, maybe I'll open the door and look out from my porch. Maybe if everything goes just perfect, I'll, I'll, I'll go out to see him. No, no, no. He ran. Who, who's ever seen a rich man run and climb up a tree before? Rich men don't run and climb up trees. They tear the tree down if they need to get to the top. Zacchaeus ran and climbed up a tree because he was so desperate. He was so desperate. It says that when Jesus came to the place, though, he looked up and he saw him. And he said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. It says that he... Jesus said, I, I must abide at your house, Zacchaeus. Now, my understanding is that these guys have never met. My understanding is that these guys are strangers. And while Zacchaeus was seeking after Jesus, I believe even stronger than that, that the reason why Jesus is walking down this road is because he was seeking after Zacchaeus. That every step that Jesus took, he knew that there's going to be a tree. I believe he planted the tree. I believe that that tree is an instrument of grace. That he knew that I'm walking down the road and there's going to be a tree. And inside that tree is a man who is small but by the grace of God, he is tall. And, and it tells us that he, he got to that place. And when he saw him, he said, he looked up. 
He looked up. Don't miss that. He looked up. Because up until that point in Zacchaeus' life, everyone had been looking down at him. Because he was of little stature. And yes, while I believe that people were looking down at him because of his height, also people knew who Zacchaeus was. They knew exactly the scoundrel that he was. And so when you mention the name Zacchaeus, they looked down upon him. When you men- mention the name of Zacchaeus, people, they just immediately, they immediately thought less than about Zacchaeus. And so Jesus, he says, come down The loving Savior looked up at a small man. The hope of the world, the creator himself, made himself small to look up at a small man. The creator himself made himself small before his humanity. Am I preaching to anybody today? He humbled himself. He, the one who spoke the stars and world into existence, he humbled himself. He made himself of no reputation, the scripture says. The son of man, he came not to be served, but to serve. That man came down, robed himself in flesh, and looked up with grace in his eyes. He became your sin and my sin. He became... The darkest of dark for you and for me. Don't tell me that God does not love you. Don't tell me that God does not value you. Don't tell me that God cannot save you. Don't tell me that you are too far gone for God. He did it all just for you today. He did it so you could step out of your path and into his path for your life. He did it because he saw you, not the way you see yourself, but he saw you with his mercy and grace applied to your life. God sees you, and he believes in you. And he saw that man, and he said, come down from that tree, because just in a few days I'm going to have to climb up that tree, and I'm going to lay my life down on that tree, Zacchaeus. And where he found me, in my smallness because of his death and his burial and resurrection. He he saw me in my smallness and he replaced my smallness with his glory and grace. He knew all about the dysfunction of Zacchaeus' life. He knew. He hadn't met him yet because, but he's God, remember? He just knows things. And so he knew everything about Zacchaeus. He knew where Zacchaeus was when he decided to go and run and see him. He knew where Zacchaeus was in the darkest, worst place in his life when he was cheating the one who had the lowest income and he still took the money from him. He knew Zacchaeus all about his life. Yet he loved him and valued him enough to take the time to show a small man that he was big in his eyes. And it does not matter how small you are, you are big in the eyes of Jesus Christ. He created you. I said it last week. He does not create junk. He does not make junk. You are not junk. When you are at your lowest, you are not junk. You are created by the master builder and potter. You were made in the image of God. And you are just one prayer away, maybe. Maybe you're one decision away from... Leaving your path 
and stepping into God's path for your life. In verse 5, as the music comes, it says that Jesus said, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. That word Zacchaeus, of course, is more than just a name. That name means pure or innocent. Pure and innocent was the exact opposite of what Zacchaeus had become. Pure and innocent was not the pathway that Zacchaeus decided to walk down in his life. Zacchaeus had decided a long time ago that I'm going to forsake the God path, the son of Abraham, the one who had been in school and heard the scriptures, the one who knew that, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. The one who knew those things, that son of Abraham, at one point in time decided to live a life that was not pure, that was not innocent. He walked down his own path. He lived his own way. He strayed. He got off course. He decided to walk down his whole own road. But when Jesus saw him and the condition that he was in, he did not call him by what he had became. Jesus called him for who he knew he was. He called him pure. He called him innocent. He called him by who he was to be. The way that God had created him. And the way that God had destined him. The way that God had formed him. And the problem with some of us is that we've forgotten who God called us and created us to be. And we have allowed the sin of our life to become our identity, become our story. We've allowed our stumbling block to become a mountain in our life. And we've begun to believe a lie that we are on our path and we are cemented to our path, that our feet are completely cemented to the road that we are walking down. And I'm here to bust the bubble of someone and, and, and identify a lie in your life. God created you for so much more than who you have been. God created you with his hands. God designed you for more. He designed you for his glory, for his honor, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. He designed you to give him glory designed you to walk down his path. You are not subject to your old life. You are not subject to your old story. Yesterday is yesterday. As we sang earlier, fear, it's not my future. Sickness is not my future. My past is not my story. Jesus is my story. Jesus is my pathway. Jesus is my road that I'm walking down. Jesus is my destiny. Jesus is someone's destiny in this place. If you would stand today, I'm preaching to someone. I'm preaching to someone today on the fringes who is here today, but maybe gone tomorrow. I'm here to throw you a lifeline today that says, that, that gives you hope to believe that Jesus can save your life. Jesus can save your tomorrow. What can take 
the smallness out of a man. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ can take the smallness out of a man. It makes the difference in our life. The blood of Jesus tells me when I'm broken that I am made whole. The blood of Jesus Christ tells me that when I walk insecure, that I am confident. That when I walk in perverted, that I am pure. That when I walk in guilty, it it, it changes my destiny to make me innocent. The blood of Jesus Christ is the great story changer of life. The blood of Jesus Christ will change your destiny. It tells us that he had Zacchaeus come down from the tree and that Jesus wanted to go to Zacchaeus' house. He said that he wanted to come in and dine at his table. The thing is, is that it was still Zacchaeus' choice whether he was going to allow Jesus into his home. And it is still your choice if you are going to allow Jesus into your life. If you are going to allow Jesus to come into your home. If you're going to allow Jesus to come into your plans and your family. And if you're going to allow him to infiltrate every area of your life. It is your choice today. But at the end of the day, Zacchaeus allowed him in. And it was Jesus' loving kindness that led Zacchaeus to repentance. It said that he stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And I'm believing today that there may be some people in this house that are lost on the wrong path. Maybe you've stumbled to the wrong path. Maybe you've you've walked in a way that you know you were not supposed to walk. Jesus has came to seek after you. Jesus has came to save you. He's came to bring you from your path into his path. And today can be your day. Today can be your day. Zacchaeus' life was changed because he got in God's path. In the name of Jesus, if we would lift our hands all over the buildings. Jesus, we come today. Jesus, we come today, Lord, because we believe that you are the greatest thing that has ever been and ever will be. Lord, you are God alone. Lord, you are mighty and true and compassionate all in the same. And God, I pray over this church today, Lord, I pray, Lord, in this moment of time, if there's someone today who has strayed from the path, that they understand, Lord, that you are a redeemer of hearts and a redeemer of lives. Lord, you purchased our salvation on the cross. You purchased our deliverance. You purchased our freedom, Lord. You have done it all for us. Lord, you have done it so that we can live a a more abundant life in Christ Jesus, that we can live in freedom and in hope and in life, in true life, God. And so I pray over this church, Lord, that we would make a choice today to get on your path. 
that we would choose to live in your path today. In the name of Jesus Christ.